Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. Last episode, we were talking about the two different forms of writer's block. The really obvious form, right, where you're not writing, right, and, and how that's actually the easier form of writer's block to solve. And then we were talking about the second, much more insidious form of writer's block, where you might be writing a lot, but your writing is flat. We were talking about the confidence game of writing. We were talking about doubt and how to overcome doubt as a writer. And we were talking about those three different gods that you're always serving on every project, right? We were talking about the project god, right, which we actually want to serve. And then we were talking about the two that get in the way, right? The commercial career, can I sell it god, right, that gets in the way of us having the curiosity to explore with our authentic voice. And then we were talking about the identity God, right? Am I an artist? Am I a good artist? Am I deserving of being an artist, right? Those questions that we're asking that undermine our creativity. So at this point, you have a pretty strong foundation in, in what causes writer's block. But there's another element that we still need to talk about to really understand how writer's block works and how to overcome it. And that is the inner sensor. So today, we are going to be talking about the inner sensor, how it works, how it gets developed, and how you can start to break past it in order to navigate the challenges that press down on our voice. And it, in order to navigate yourself through times when you literally don't have a single idea in your mind, right? We're going to talk about how to deal with all of that and how all of that is related to the inner sensor. And I'm going to give you some really great tools to getting past it. So when you were a child, you did not have an inner sensor. You did not know that inner sensor existed. Children just say whatever they feel. How does mommy look in this dress? Oh, you look fat, mommy. Right? Um, I want this. They don't think about, is it reasonable? I want to go to the soccer game. I don't want to ride in the car. Right? It doesn't matter that riding in the car is the only way to get to the soccer game. Right? The child literally just expresses whatever they are feeling at the moment. There is no inner sensor. If you ask a child to become a dog, the child will become a dog. They won't ask, is it a St. Bernard or a German Shepherd? Right? Um, they will become a dog. And they will do things that dogs do not do. And it will be fascinating to watch them. They will not be blocked for one second right? Children do not have inner sensors. Children are in touch with their authentic voice. It's the only thing they know. They actually developmentally do not know that they're not the only thing in the universe, right? The child actually developmentally believes early in life that the world revolves around them. That's why children think that pretty much anything that happens is their fault, right? Because the world revolves around them. Right? And that's a developmental part of how the brain works for children. Right, There is no inner sensor. There is only what I see, feel, hear, imagine. 
do. And then what happens is slowly the idea comes in that your words or your actions can be acceptable or unacceptable. That your words or your actions can hurt people. Right? How do I look in the new dress? Oh, you look fat, Mommy. And then suddenly Mommy's crying. And you realize, oh, it's not okay to give my actual feeling. I have to give the acceptable feeling. Right? Or you say something that's considered a bad word or inappropriate. You follow an impulse and you're told, no, no, nice, nice kids don't do that. Right? Oh, that's very bad. Right? And you start to learn that there are a whole set of rules you have to conform with. Right? You go to school, right? And you meet other children, right? And the other children have rules, right? And you go do something that's just so you and the other children pick on you. They make fun of you, right? You express your difference and they say, no, 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 be like us. And what happens is you develop an inner sensor. At first, right, the child knows that the inner sensor is not them, right? The child is aware of the distance between them and the inner sensor. The child hears the inner sensor like a voice, right? So you probably remember when you first developed your inner sensor, how hard it was. Sometimes you'd say the wrong thing and try to take it back. How does mommy look in the dress? Oh, you look fat, mommy. I mean, I mean, you look beautiful, mommy, right? That's the child learning the inner sensor. But what happens with time is that the gap between the inner sensor, we're really good learners, and the gap between the inner sensor gets narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower until we don't even hear the inner sensor anymore. Until the inner sensor is instantaneous, until the inner sensor actually comes before the thought makes its way from the subconscious mind to the conscious mind. From the subconscious mind, from before the impulse goes from the subconscious mind to the movement or the action, right? We're censoring ourselves without even knowing it. Knowing it, we've come to believe that the censor is us. If you've ever had the experience of sitting down to write and experiencing total lack of any thought in your head, well. You have not achieved nirvana, right? You have not achieved enlightenment, right? The state that monks spend hundreds of hours, thousands of hours trying to cultivate in themselves through meditation where your mind is actually free of thoughts, right? If you actually think of your brain, how it really works, it is full of thought all the time. Right? It's talking to you all the time. A lot of positive shit, a lot of negative shit, but it's talking to you. There's a soundtrack, right? All the time. And it's usually a repetitive soundtrack, right? I've heard this this song before, right? You did not suddenly break free of that the moment you sat down to write. That is not why your mind is blank. What's actually happened is that the inner sensor has come down and put a hood over the thought before it can reach your subconscious mind. What's actually happening when you're experiencing that total lack of thought is that the inner sensor that you're identifying with yourself is smothering your thought before it can reach the, the conscious mind. So, how do you deal with that? 
if we are going to deal with the sensor, right, we have to find that separation again between us and the thing that separates our voice, right? It's no wonder our writing comes out flat or cliche or derivative or boring, right? When we are following the rules of the inner sensor that we don't even know exists. It's no wonder we can't get our authentic voice onto the page, our disruptive voice, the voice that's not like everybody else, the voice that takes risks, the voice that demands attention. There's no wonder we can't get it onto the page when we are being censored by something inside of us that we don't even know exists, right? This is the primary modality of the second kind of writer's block, right? The flat kind of writer's block. So, unfortunately, education makes this even worse, right? Unless you're studying with us or with a couple of other people who are really great at teaching, right? Most of what gets taught in screenwriting teaching is craft. You should do it like this. You should do it like that. No, don't do it like this. No, don't do it like that. No, well, not like that, right? No, plan it out, right? That's what you get taught unless you're being taught by a, at least what I consider a really gifted teacher, right? Who understands that screenwriting is a dance between art and craft, right? And that both things need to be present. But that craft is only a tool to go, oh, I wonder what you are. What if I use this piece of craft? Oh, that's what you are, right? Craft is just a tool we use in the pursuit of our curiosity. If you try to start with craft, what you do is you teach the inner sensor, which loves craft, right? A whole bunch of new rules that you have to follow. And then the craft itself becomes paralyzing to your voice. Even if you master the craft, your voice gets lost in that, right? So now you're writing scripts that make a hell of a lot of sense, that are really clear, and that nobody gives a shit about, including you're also having no fun writing it and none of the therapeutic benefits of writing it because you're performing for somebody else. You're performing craft for somebody else rather than being yourself going, I'm so curious, what are you? What are the tools I need to get you onto the page in the most beautiful form that you want to take? So a couple of steps to get you started at breaking through your inner sensor. Now remember, this is a process, right? The, the I can't write form of writer's block, we can fix in one session to write your screenplay. The flat form of writer's block is a process. It's a process of developing trust in yourself in order to let your authentic voice out onto the page. That means letting go for a while of your identity as a writer. That means letting go for a while of what is it doing for me and bring yourself back to a place of curiosity. But we also have to deal with this inner sensor, right? And the easiest way to deal with the inner sensor is to permit yourself to write badly. Now, the inner sensor hates this, right? The inner sensor, the moment you try to write badly, the inner sensor is going to go, You can't do that, right? That sucks. But one of the fastest ways past the inner sensor is to go, yeah, yeah, buddy. You want to put limits on me? No problem. I'm going to write badly. Because somewhere in that bad writing, what's going to happen is you're teaching yourself that it's okay to be disruptive. It's okay not to be good. That you're doing the practice of writing, not the good version of writing. 
And once you allow yourself to write badly, or write freely, or take a big choice, or do something wild, or follow your first instinct, or write the first image that comes to you, or look so specifically that you're surprised, or let go of control a little bit, and write something that doesn't make sense that you saw, felt, or heard, right? Once you start to learn to do these things, the next step is to come back to it, not with craft, but with curiosity. Don't get obsessed with the bad stuff. There's going to be so much that you judge as bad. And honestly, if you're a new writer, most of what you judge as bad is actually your best writing. And most of what you judge as good is probably your worst. Because your best writing, your best writing, uh, well, that stuff is going to make you feel uncomfortable. The inner sensor is not going to like your best writing at all because that's the writing that only you could do that nobody else could do. It doesn't look like everybody else's writing. It doesn't sound like everybody else's writing. It doesn't feel like everybody else's writing. It's disruptive. And the inner sensor is going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. The other kids on the playground are going to eat you alive. Would a real writer even write like this? Does this fit your identity? Is this commercial? That's what the, the inner sensor is going to say. But if you free yourself to do that and just to let go of all your judgment, who cares if it's good or bad? I want to know what it is. And if you recognize, hey, this is the, I've just unearthed this thing from my subconscious mind, right? This piece of me that already exists that I'm exploring, that I'm trying to make sense of. I just unearthed it. Just like if you were a gold miner, right? If you dig down Often what looks like gold under the ground is actually fool's gold. It's not real. Real gold is often encased in a bunch of crud, right? It looks like a rock. If you don't have really adept eyes, you might not even realize it's gold. And then there are going to be things you need to do to it to make it look like gold, right? To clear off the things that obscure it. And you might not have the craft for that yet. You might not know yet how to take a raw piece of gold and transform it into the kind of gold that we recognize, right? You might not have the craft yet. So that means you got to divorce yourself from judgment. You got to divorce yourself from looking for what's wrong and instead get curious. I wonder what you are. And you can start to ask yourself questions. What feels true about this? What resonates? What creates a strong emotional reaction in me? What is specific? What do I love? And then you can start to ask some craft questions. What craft do I need to apply to transform this thing into its most beautiful form? If this is true, if you've listened to my other podcasts, right? if this is true, well, what else is true? What could I build from here? We can get into the creative place. What resonates, right? We can use mirrors and foils. You've learned in other uh, podcasts or the school skills that, or the skills that you learn in my write your screenplay class or my master class, right? You can take those skills and apply it, but not until you learn to see the gold in your own writing and to recognize that sometimes in its early phases, it might only be gold to you. But the thing that's only gold to you, that is actually what you're looking for. You're not looking for the thing that these people care about or that a great writer would care about. You're not looking for commercial or identity yet. You're looking for what do I care about? 
what feels real, what feels specific, what feels true, what made me feel something, even if it made you feel something negative. That means there's heat, there's vibration, there's something that matters. And you're going to get really good at yes-anding that, at building around what's beautiful, doing more of what you love and less of everything else, getting curious about what kind of skills do I need to develop, what kind of craft do I need to develop, maybe even finding a mentor who can help guide you. Hey, what happens if you use this tool on that? That's what real mentorship looks like. It doesn't look like you should do it like this. It looks like, I wonder what happens if you use this tool on this. I wonder what this wants to as you start to bring yourself to that place of creativity, you'll start to realize there are so many wonderful things that you get to learn as a, as a writer, right? There are so many wonderful things that you get to learn as you practice this craft of writing and this art of writing and this journey of writing, right? As you do the writer's practice, there are so many wonderful things you're going to get to learn. You're going to get to learn about this project. You're going to get to learn about yourself. You're going to get to grow. You're going to get to go on a journey that's going to mean something to you, even, even if it never did this or never did that, even if it never did commercial and never did identity, right? You're going to be a writer by doing the practice of writing. And when you approach writing that way, when you have a bad writing day, it doesn't hurt so much. When you don't like what you wrote, you go, okay, cool. Well, what's beautiful? What's real? What can I be building on? What is not yet looking like gold that can become gold? What can I look at more closely, right? Once you have the ability to see the beauty in yourself, it becomes so much easier to trust the process, right? To do the process rather than trying to be this thing or make the process do this thing for me. The truth is every single one of you has talent because talent is just the ability to write like yourself. And yourself is actually the only thing you have to sell as a writer because there are going to be so many people with better craft than you at writing like them. But you are the only person in the world who can write like you. You are the only person in the world who sees the world exactly as you see it, who is dealing with exactly what you're dealing with, who comes from exactly your life circumstances and is going on exactly your journey. And what's really incredible is that when you start to recognize that talent in yourself is simply the ability to write like yourself. It's not aspiring to some outer standard or some shoulds from the industry. It's rather just going, who are you? What do you want to be? How can I help? I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you are getting a lot out of it and it's helping your writing, come study with us. We have a free class every Thursday night, Thursday Night Writes. We have foundation classes and screenwriting and TV writing. We have a master class for those of you who want a grad school education at the tiniest fraction of the cost. And we have a wonderful mentorship program, ProTrack, that will pair you one-on-one -on -one with a professional writer who will read every page you write and mentor you through your entire career at less than you would pay for a single semester of grad school. You could get a lifetime of one-on-one -on -one mentorship with someone who's really going to read every single page you write, every single line, every single rewrite. So come check us out, writeyourscreenplay.com. Thank you.